1: Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight five. This is the Wesson Walker Show.
2: Even the crowd knows what's coming next.
1: So I look like a below deck character, huh? Is that what we're saying? On every single radio show that's taken place so far, is that what we're saying? I get in the car at 9 a.m. this morning... And within 10 minutes of listening to some ACC audio, I hear Flounder's analysis on North Carolina football. And it was a great point. Phil Longo, maybe the offensive system just doesn't lend itself to good offensive line play. And then we get from Phil Longo's offensive scheme to how sexy I am. And how much I look like a below-deck character. Is that mm. right, Fiddy? I know you heard some of this as well. Am I getting this all correct?
3: Oh, yeah, Walker. You you look exactly like a below-deck character. And then I even went a little bit further in my analysis of who you look like.
1: Wait, you contributed to this conversation too?
3: No, not on the air. But, like, I did my own research in my own homework because you're my guy.
1: That sounds creepy, but go ahead.
3: There is some, if you go, like, to the early seasons of Friends, there's some Matthew Perry comparisons for you as well. <sighs> Like like if you if you came in wearing some of the button down shirts he wears early on in the in, in the show, with with the way that y'all look with your hair your hairstyles
1: and stuff like that, there's some similarities there. I've I've got the flip up at the top, no doubt yeah. about it. I think that's probably where it ends, except with the sarcasm. Lots of sarcasm just oozing from my pores, exactly like Chandler Bing. So I could totally see it that way. I don't know about the actual look, but Flounder, you're on the morning show. Can you oh tell me? Oh, my God, dude. You, this, is, tell- this, is, this, is, this is our day. This is our day. <laughs> <laughs> this guy wants.
3: We gave him Wednesday?
1: This guy wants 50% of the mic, 51% of the mic at all times. And I try to go to Flounder just to have an all-encompassing segment. You know how it is? Radio is a community, man, and I want Flounder to be a part of the community. Why don't you want your best friend to be a part of our community? We gave him yesterday. We gave him the day before that. Me, because he's got, yeah, he, he gets to decide, too. Yeah. That's how it is. You know? And I that- just want to talk to Flounder. Why can't I talk to Flounder? He's here. He's next to the mic. I just wanted to hear his thoughts on it. Okay, you want to come run the board, too? Uh, Well, he probably could, I guess. Like, it's what he does in the morning. (laughs) 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 Look, you're only burying yourself. You're You're just taking the day off. All right, so, Flounder, I'm still going to go back to you, okay? Despite the whatever Fitty was trying to do and just ruin that opportunity, I'm still going to go back to you. So, what say you on what's going on with Bone and Mac, talking about their relationship and how I'm getting in the middle of it? Because that's not what I want to do. I do not want to break up an institution in Charlotte Sports Radio.
4: Well, I mean, I don't think you got to worry about that. These two are very. There's a strong bond there. It's just that Bone has taken a fancy to you. I would say it's <laughs> it's it's similar to a married man who sees an attractive lady at the mall or something. What am I getting and all to? and and Bone has you've you've caught Bone's attention.
1: Okay. And what? And it was just because he was watching Below Deck and he saw somebody that he thought looked like
4: me. So he watches every single one of these shows. All right. So this one, apparently, I don't know. This guy just caught him. I mean, he told me this. He had told me this actually the day before. He's like, dude, you're not going to believe this, man. There's a guy on there that looks exactly like Walker. And I'm like, there's no way. Because he's done, he said it before. And I look and I'm like, nah, it doesn't look like who you're talking about. This one, I was like, "Nah, he's got a he's got a point here. He's okay. got a point here."
1: Well, yeah, so I've had so many of these where some of them are real, some of them are not. You you think this one actually does kind of look like me and Fiddy? You can attest to it as well. Oh yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's spot on. <laughs> this
3: is this is why you didn't answer the text messages or the phone calls the other night when you were not helping us get into the ACC dinner.
1: Because mm-hmm. you were how on a boat somewhere,
3: you know, going from port to port.
1: Okay, and this is why, because I was too busy filming below deck when I'm not on the air. Yes. It's a rough life I live. It's really busy going from port to port and finding the morning and the afternoon every day to do some radio and podcast stuff.
3: It's why you always look high because you're just exhausted living the double life.
1: You know, I, it it's a good cover. It would explain why I look high in every photo. God, it's, I hate that about myself. I hate it. It's, it's, we've talked about, you know, resting B face before. Like I have resting THC face. It's just <laughs> how it is. And I wish I didn't have it. But when somebody wanted to take a picture yesterday, I'm sure I look high. I mean, somebody's like, hey, man, you know, would love to take a picture. Like, yeah, great. And then I'm looking, you know, I'm soon, as soon as he posted to social media, people are going to be like, is that the guy that smokes on air every single day? What's wrong with that, dude?
3: Dude, think about the day you had yesterday. You were getting flowers left and right from all the people out of ACC kickoff. I mean, Flounder and I were gassing you up. Um, you know, a guy came up and, I mean, just emphatically shook your hand. It's so nice to meet you. I listen to the Locked On Hornets every day, and I'm just as depressed as you are. Wanted an autograph. <gasps> wanted a picture. Okay.
1: Some of that is bad, but okay. <laughs> like, it was very nice. I really appreciated it. No, Wolfpack James, do not tell me I look like B.J. Novak. That oh, one hurts. Oh, man. See, this is where, this is the problem. Oh, when
4: he's I, got a, he's
1: got a, No, nah, no, little. don't you do it. Little. I do not look like B.J. Novak, and no. No, Fiddy, I know where you're going next. I do not spark any resemblance of that Gabe guy. I do not do it. I do not look like Gabe either, because I know you oh, like to bring no, that you in. You know what? And it's an insult. Don't flounder. Uh, I'm trying to give you airtime. And know, now you want to uh, use it to call me Gabe from the office. But
4: you're not Gabe. Gabe is Gabe is lame, okay? Gabe is incredibly lame. You resemble some features of gabe yeah you're tall With the personality so Slender. About,
1: like tall tall skinny white guys well, is that i mean what else there's just any tall skinny we got some of be, the facial features are no, somewhat similar we now you more got more better details. hair
4: the gabe 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 is just he is an all-around square like <laughs> and
3: like, you, you think of like some of the sentences that guy would utter like i think he says that i'm a great hugger that's something that if you would say like i wouldn't think twice about it like, yep.
1: Thitty, that's something you would say no fitty you have asked me for a hug multiple times Did he not ask me about a hug yesterday? He asked me... Yeah, we, didn't, he, he,
4: didn't he take a picture with you? No, we, we were into. supposed to, but he left. Yeah, no, he
1: said he wanted to take a picture, and he says, can I get a hug? This is something on the daily. This is something frequently I get from Fiddy. So I don't know why you're trying to project that on me and make me look like a fool. You're a weirdo, bro. You're supposed
3: to forget some of the stuff I say.
1: I mean, I can't. You say it every day. I might if you said it every once every three months or something like that, but you're actively reminding me every single day.
3: Walker, you look like Gabe after three bong hits. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> he he doesn't look like Gabe He looks like Gabe uh, Yeah bro, I look
1: like Gabe uh, Trophy husband said Walker, I've only seen one pic of you I think on Twitter You kind of look like Jim Brewer I don't know who Jim Brewer I, is I, is I think this
3: has come up before in the past Whenever you first, like when you first Started doing your, your fill-in shows
1: Well Stanford P said somebody I look like And I forget who it was But I don't know who Jim Brewer is He also thinks you're pretty though he did say that yesterday as well. Yeah. <laughs> look, this is, this is, um, this is
4: absolutely crazy. not. He was, apparently was in Ooh. the movie half baked and was on Saturday night live. So
1: is was half baked the joke then is Ooh. this what we're talking about? I, I guess like that's says, it because
4: you don't
3: look anything like that, dude. But like you said, you like John Mayer. This has happened a lot. Really? Oh, John Mayer's a good one. So John, you've got an Andy a good Roddick one, and John Mayer. So,
1: so the one John Mayer is the one that I've been talked about. The most, because this is the one on Twitter where he's got the crazy hair there. Oh, Andy said Walker looks like Bill Hader. You know, Bill Hader's not awful. Like I could see some of that maybe when I'm older. That's I a could look like take. Bill H- Yeah. I mean, I knew it was coming, but it's also decent. I, I feel like he had to do it. But yeah, John Mayer is the one that I'll get a decent amount. So that one's not bad. I don't mind that one. But yes, that was also Andy Roddick is the one where an older couple at the Atlanta airport stopped me to ask for my autograph because they thought I was Andy Roddick.
4: Here's my guy right here. All right, who is this? Big I'm tall to and lanky. That would be Mr. John Isner. <laughs> oh, he's got. God. He got does he now look a little bit like Isner?
3: Here's I, the thing. Like if, if you're John Isner and someone wants your autograph because you didn't sign the Roddick autograph, correct? I, I did not. I did not do. Yeah, it. Yeah, if someone miss. uh, uh they mistake you for Isner. You have to sign it. He played in one of the most epic Wimbledon tennis matches of all time. Mm-hmm. so like you could you could get some royalties off of this.
1: One of my friends texted in and the fact that he knows the thing that I get the most mad about Uh-oh. he sent. You can see the text right Finney? eight two eight number, one of my best friends said Walker oh, hates yeah. when you call him Kyle Singler the most
3: I mean we did establish I hate that. It. I hate it. Remember, we had the whole thing that Willie looked like a Dukey. Yeah. And that was like a real life thing. And he sounds like one because he's, you know, he's got a weird accent. Mm-hmm. He's not from around here. Mm-hmm. But like if you were to come in wearing a Duke blue shirt, mm-hmm. it would not it would not look bad on you. Like you because you you
1: give off major Duke vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Kyle Singler is the one that hurts the most. Wes has talked to me about how I could wear a blue devil Jersey and look like I actually play for the team. Pretty spot on. And it's the hair. It's the tall white guy thing. That's just what it is. Would Anybody? you
3: rather be Kyle Singler? Oh, who was, who was the, who was the, the, uh, the O'Connell kid? Alex, oh, Alex, O-Con- 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 Alex O'Connell. Right. He looked like a
1: llama. No, th- this is all right. So. He did. He did. <laughs> like, Am llama. I wrong? come on well, how do you look like a llama um i, I thought more alpaca myself oh that's this, a
4: good you know what yeah you're right you're right this is
1: this is what i want okay i this is me after look i i could totally be described as a d-bag right now for talking about some of these guys <laughs> that i look like 100 i deserve all the criticism i deserve all the hating let's go to break a little early and this is what i want people to write in what white duke player do i look like the most okay 704-570-9610 what white Duke player does Walker look like the most? What is the one that you feel like would be the most critical and the one that would hurt my feelings the most? The leader in the clubhouse right now is one that has been there for a while. Kyle Singler, if you say I look like Kyle Slinger Singler, I think that's worse than talking about my mom. What about Grayson Allen? No, that one's that one doesn't hurt as much.
3: Really? Because he had the most punchable face in the twenty tens of college. Athletics. But his
1: actions dictated that. Singler. Uh, you know, God bless him, man. Just not anybody that I want to be looking like. This I just gonna, don't. You,
3: you can out the man's. The man's is not, he's not attractive. He's not, he's not fun
1: to look at. But people run with it. Like, I hate it when all caps comes in. Yes, yes, yes. It's like you with Sagebrush. Yes, he looks like <laughs> Kyle Singler. That's right. Oh, my God. What white Duke player do I look like? We'll come back. Talk more sports for all the angry guys that are not hearing sports talk radio right now. Wesson Walker, Fidian Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. mad at me i promise we won't spend much time on this 704 numbers all across the board are begging for west to return for west and walker but this is the kind of segment where we get off the rails i ask you what white duke player i look like casey steve said shavlik randolph if he smoked a bowl that's probably the best answer that we've received sirloin hater said walker looks like any of the guys from hoosiers (laughs) oh jimmy chitwood baby yeah 704 said somewhere jeff is begging west to come back three three six shaggy from scooby-doo i thought that was a good one trophy husband said yes there was a half baked joke in there number one troll said just found a random pic of walker on the internet and he picked the llama from emperor's new groove so that is somebody that he thinks i look like (laughs) 704 walker looks like the duke player who sits at the end of the bench every season i was hoping to see a lee Melchioni reference in there somewhere but i didn't get that shavlik randolph and I believe Kyle Singler are the ones that I hate the most and also probably the most accurate.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, the fact that you're even embracing wanting to look like a Duke player. I don't
1: want to. It really just,
3: does confirm that your Carolina fandom is non-existent and it's dead.
1: I used to get Tyler Hansborough every now and then, but not really. I don't even think I look like him.
3: Yeah, Instead of Psycho T, Psycho Walker, I mean, I mean, that could be a good... I mean, I'd like to see... Well, no, I've actually driven you, Psycho.
1: Yeah, you have. You have driven me crazy, probably a couple times,
3: and it didn't leave, it didn't end well for me. I got I got sat down and yelled at, and
1: but that's all right. Our radio relationship got better for it, and here we are. Now you're one half of the show, at least for another day. Um, I did not want to waste the bet once again. I did want to go to. Uh, getting off of the bus, so you were still driving the bus. We're very late for the game, but it's okay. We're pulling up to the scene. Let's talk some Carolina Panthers and give you our main takeaways from two days at training camp, and then it's a lot of college football conversation still to come on Wesson Walker. Let's get off the bus, Fiddy.
3: We look good getting off the
4: bus. I got something to say.
1: We still have plenty more jokes coming in on the text line, but I will read those a little bit later. Let's get to Frank Reich discussing his practice on the second day and how the first half of the second day was pretty good, and then the second half, it started to tail off at the end.
3: You know, we're going to make mistakes. You know, uh, I thought today the practice, the first half of the practice, you know, this is without watching the tape, felt, crisp and sharp on both sides of the ball on all three phases really special teams as well and then about halfway through practice you know I, at least on offense where my eyes were a little bit more just felt like a little bit of a you know a little bit of a lull and um, you know for a few too many turnovers and, uh,
1: and mistakes but you know you don't pan you learn from those and um, you got to bounce back a couple of those turnovers included yet another interception from Camus gruger Hill, who I think Shaq Thompson called a silent killer out there right now. He's been making an impression the first two days. We thought gruger Hill might be a guy that was coming in at the linebacker spot, more so to help with special teams, but he might provide some depth. Good news is we did see a forced fumble and a scoop and score from Brandon Smith, someone people are very high on. So you're getting some nice things coming out of the linebacker position throughout the first two days of training camp. Bryce Young. Let's go to those turnovers, as I just mentioned. Andy Dalton threw one of them, but so did Bryce Young. In fact, Bryce threw a pick six for the first time yesterday. He did complete another deep pass to DJ Chark. You're looking at the first three throws, hitting LaVisca Chenault, someone that has been mentioned really as much as anybody at training camp. He hit LaVisca Chenault on an underneath round. He hit tight end Hayden Hurst on a crosser, and then he hit Terrace Marshall Jr. on a flat and on a rollout. So he finished 6-of-9 after finishing 9-of-12 in the first day during team drills. And there was an overthrow to Adam Thielen. There was a throwaway, a couple of misses there, including the interception. So not as good of a day for Bryce Young as he had in day one. But ultimately, nobody's panicking about it, right? Like, ultimately, what we can see is I saw one take on Twitter from one of the fans. I'm going to choose to look at this as a positive for CJ Henderson, who is the player that picked off Bryce Young, instead of looking at this as a negative for Bryce. I view it the same exact way. Yes, I am going with the half-full approach. I'm not going to worry about Bryce Young throwing one interception in two days. Andy Dalton's thrown a couple of interceptions, and this is somebody that does come in as the veteran quarterback who is going to spell Bryce Young if there's an injury, but we already know that Bryce is QB1. What have you made of the rookie QB Fitty throughout the first two days of practice?
3: It's almost like he's a rookie, and there's going to be a day or a throw here and there that is going to remind us of that, and that's perfectly fine because we'd rather him throw interceptions in training camp as opposed to when they strap on the helmets for real when they play their 17-game regular season schedule. So the thing about Henderson is interesting. Like Kyle was kind of making the point yesterday that maybe Bryce just gifted him one to get his confidence up <laughs> because like this is a real thing. Like this is someone that Carolina traded for. Um, this was a, this was a guy that a few years ago they were really uh, in on drafting, but they they, they chose to go a different direction. If, if he can be the type of player that he was supposed to pee upon being drafted by Jacksonville and when Carolina traded for him, I think we feel a whole lot better about that cornerback room and that secondary overall. So maybe this is a sign that it's starting to all come together for him now and what's going to be his second full season with the Panthers.
1: Well, and what's nice is we'll see how Bryce Young bounces back. And it's not like he had this awful day. So we don't need to make more of the interception than what needs to be made of it. It was just a mistake, and that's going to happen. He threw behind. I believe there was an incompletion Will Kunkel put out there, there was an incompletion to an Adam Thielen on a cross, I think he threw it behind him, and then he threw one of the balls away, which is actually a good play in a lot of different scenarios, and so when you're talking about Bryce Young bouncing back, I think that's what you want to see, overcoming the adversity, Mm. doing that whole cliche thing, and so we'll see how he answers there. I did want to go to some Ikiakuanu sound, Frank Reich did talk about Aquanu, and he was mentioning... What his expectations were in year two coming into this season. In fact, you did have a lot of conversation about the offensive line and how you're actually starting to move different guys at different positions. And this is what I'm, I don't want to say worried about, but I'm interested to see how they're going to attack the offensive line at the beginning of the season. It's a strength. It's the first time that it's been a strength in a long time. Mm -hmm. It's the best I've felt about it since 2015 when the strength there was interior and the bookends were a little dicey. Well, now you feel pretty good about your tackles, but Zavala... He's not ready because of a pec injury, so he's going to be out for a couple of weeks. We'll see when he bounces back. But as a rookie, you would love for him to have as many snaps as possible, especially with Austin Corbett projected to miss the beginning of the season. So if that is the case, who are the guys that are going to step up? Because you feel good about Bozeman at center. You feel good about certainly Iki Kwanu and Taylor Moten as your bookend guys. But now, is Brady Christensen gonna be moving around? Who are some other offensive linemen? Is is uh, Cameron Irving gonna come in and try to help you out in the middle of that offensive line? Those are a couple of the questions that I have. I wonder if it's going to be a strength, and while while I still think it's going to be okay, you still have enough names out there to be blocking for Bryce Young in week one. That's just it. We're not talking about blocking for Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, and it's not anything against those guys. It's just, I'm sorry, we can call it what it is. We care more about Bryce Young staying upright than those other QBs that they've been blocking for in the past.
3: I mean, I think this is a good, it's a good thing that Carolina and Scott Fitter, they've addressed this. They've built up the depth. They've built up, they've got some flexibility with guys on that offensive line line so you can move guys around and I think that's that's the whenever you're putting together an offensive line today like yes you got to have a left tackle Carolina has that but I feel like you got to have guys that can play multiple positions because injuries are going to happen and you see teams around the league well that that, that do not have these types of guys on their roster it does derail their season And they're not able to overcome those types of injuries and stuff. And so, uh, hopefully, you know, Savala could get ready and and, and get uh, here in in the near future to get some reps and stuff like that. Because I do feel like once he gets healthy, he's going to have, I guess, a solid role as a rookie on this offensive line group. But if not, I still like what they've done there once you get Corbett back healthy. This offensive line is still going to be a top 10, 12 unit in the in,
1: in the NFL. I totally raise my hand in falling victim to the hype of this draft class. I get it, okay? I know that it's not feasible to expect every single draft pick to hit. But I do love what Carolina did this offseason, not only with just the coaching staff. We've been praising that all year long. or all. It seems like it. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it. We've been doing it all offseason long. But when you get Bryce Young as your number one guy, that's somebody I was clamoring for the entire time, all throughout the quarterback prospect, right? So CJ Stroud, Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, who's it going to be? Always was with Bryce Young. That's eventually who they selected. Really like Mingo. DJ Johnson is interesting, but I like the tools that DJ Johnson brings. I just love what they did in the fourth and fifth round yeah i wonder if those two guys are going to contribute long term as much as maybe even their third round pick in dj johnson i don't think that's crazy to say it felt like the philosophy on the back end was to keep a strength to strength you go after an offensive lineman you now are potentially pairing him with his college running mate icky Aquanu, so now zavala and icky on the left side of the offensive line you have familiarity. We discuss all the time how important continuity is along the offensive line. And Savala is just a monster anyway, and a real, uh, a real help in the run block game. So if Savala and Icky are going to be there. You keep a strength to strength, and Christensen can be a phenomenal, versatile offensive lineman that can be a swing guy when somebody goes down, or you can just plug and play him anywhere because he has the athleticism to play on the outside. Yes, even if Matt Rule thinks the arms are too short to play as a left tackle in this league. And then you go get Jamie Robinson when they didn't have a lot of problems with their depth at safety this year. In the past, sure, but you went out, you got Von Bell. You already had Jeremy Chin, who even if you don't think he's lived up to the expectations, Jeremy Chin still is a good football player and I like Xavier Woods enough to what he did this last year. So you get Jamie Robinson and Chandler Savala, I've always thought it important to not solely focus on the weaknesses that you have, because I think you take care of that in free agency. If you think there's a hole on the roster, if you think there's a weakness, go get a veteran that has experience playing that position in the National Football League for three years plus, And that's how you address a weakness. In the draft, you take the guy that could be a foundational player as much as you possibly think he can. It doesn't matter if you're strong at wide receiver. We were pretty strong at wide receiver a couple of years ago when Robbie Anderson was coming off a 1,000-yard year, when DJ Moore was coming off of another 1,100-yard season, when Curtis Samuel, before in free agency, decides to go to Washington, you had all sorts of guys that got 1,000 yards or more from the line of scrimmage, and ESPN did an article ranking them number seven in the league with the best pass catchers. But are you telling me... You don't wish they would have addressed wide receiver because I like the depth they have now because of what they did in free agency. But it looked real bleak after they traded DJ Moore away. Mm -hmm. This is the thing. Strengths and weaknesses can change drastically year from year. That's why I love what Scott Fitterer did, especially in the fourth and fifth round. Guys that have a shot to be a starter, first round, second round, those two picks are supposed to be starters in the NFL. Third round, probably a little more 50-50. Fourth and fifth, just take the best guy, see if they fall, and you had like a third round grade on them. Keep a strength the strength. Love what Fitter and the Panthers did this draft class. And you could see, dare I say, all of them contribute in their rookie season in certain ways. I'm not saying to expect it. I'm not saying that it's a real problem if they don't. But I also don't think it's a crazy take to say every single one of these draft picks could contribute right away.
3: I don't think it's a coincidence that that happens the first year post Matt rule. You don't have a head coach that has 51 percent say of the roster, and, and so Scott Fitterer was able to put on his, you know, general manager hat fully, and go draft the players, and, and make it, and, and make Frank Reich make it work. Like yes, your drafting guys are going to fit into what they want to do, but sometimes you got to draft guys like maybe like D.J. Johnson, a guy that maybe you didn't have to trade up for and get, but Carolina valued them enough to go up there and and, and get him, and so. I think that's what's going to be really interesting is how does this roster take 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 form under Frank Reich with Scott Fitter as a GM? Because I don't think Frank Reich's going to be going there and beating down the door for you know, you to draft Chuba Hubbard because his wife uh, loves him or something like that. And I, I think if, if that happens, we've seen what Scott Fitter was a part of in Seattle. He was in a front office that built a competing team for, let's just call it a decade, I'm confident that as long as Dave Tepper stays out of his way and Frank Reich stays out of his way, the same thing's going to happen here in Carolina.
1: We can feel good about it with Scott Fitterer. I think so. And it's not, it it seems a little naive to think all the bad moves were made by Matt Rule and all the good moves were made by Scott Fitterer. But it always has seemed like Scott Fitterer was the guy that might be making the better decisions with this team. And Matt Rule was the one where he had 51% control. If you have more control, then you're going to have to answer for more of those questions and more of those moves that do not go well than the guy that can't override your decision because you are the one that has that ability to override everything else. Now, here we are talking about keeping strengths a strength. What are you going to do to address some of the weak spots? The one position they didn't really make a big move at is cornerback. They're bringing back J.C. Horn. They're bringing back Dante Jackson. But both of those guys are a little injury prone, as we've come to know through Dante Jackson's, what is it now, five-year career? And J.C. Horn going into his three—man, is it Dante's 6 year? It's crazy. I it, think so. It, man, it's, it's crazy how time flies. But both of those outside guys, you don't feel great about their availability, but you feel comfortable enough once they're out there. C.J. Henderson, he had an interception. AJ wrote in on the text line. Remember how CJ also balled out in last year's camp and then proceeded to tackle guys on go routes in the first few games. So I'm not getting excited about anything good that he does preseason. Yeah, totally fair take from AJ. Totally fair, because he's so right about that. We were really excited about C.J. Henderson turning it on. But to the point, they didn't go out and get a free agent that you feel really good about overtaking legitimate corner snaps. They didn't draft anybody. John Wright is someone West loves a lot, someone that probably you expected to be drafted and then wasn't. Great pickup undrafted. But you can't expect him to go out there and play legitimate snaps. That's the one position they didn't make a move at that you feel a little worried about going into next year.
3: I'm interested to see how does Henderson fit in this scheme because he's he's playing for the first time. I guess you could say what they did with Steve Wilkes was with NFL scheming and stuff. But like when he got traded like you were playing for Phil Snow and even though the numbers were great it was a college scheme and maybe he didn't fit it that be- fit it that well maybe maybe this new defensive coordinator Evro and the new scheme is going to get the most out of him if if we're being optimistic but on the flip side if something goes wrong and we can tell week 1 week 2 hey they did not address this Maybe they got to make another in season move, and, and they, they've made a lot of trades in season in the past for Henderson, Stefan Gilmore. I think, I think we're tired of seeing them doing that when they could have addressed it, whether in the draft or in free agency.
1: Oh, it's such a good point because you're right. Are, are we just so far removed from what they've done? We're talking about those moves still without even realizing those moves could still come before the NFL trade deadline. Are we really about to see that because they did trade for Stephon Gilmore in a move, by the way, that I would make 10 times out of 10. I mean, you do that every time six round pick. You have a good record at that point. You get someone as talented as Stephon Gilmore. You give yourself the inside track if you're good to re-sign him. So I'm not questioning that trade whatsoever. I still make that one even in hindsight. But not so much C.J. Henderson after getting rid of a third-round selection and Dan Arnold. Dan Arnold could have helped at least a little bit with so little production from the tight end spot. It's a great point, Fiddy. Are they going to look to trade for another cornerback in the regular season? Or are they going to bring in somebody this late into the offseason before we get to week one? All of that is on the table, especially if somebody gets hurt. And God forbid, nobody wants that. Nobody especially wants it for J.C. Horn, who's been injured the first two years. Dante Jackson, who is always hurt and always a little banged up. But I did hear this from Shaq Thompson yesterday. He said he didn't want to speak on the old regime. But he said he's glad that he has a coaching staff now that knows how to take care of its players.
3: Well, (laughs) if, if you hear some of the messaging coming out from these players... It's very evident how they what they felt and how they think about Matt Rule, um, without just coming out and directly saying him that you know that you know he was a terrible head coach. Which I he was not a he was not a good head coach in the NFL. There's no way to argue that. I don't think he's a bad guy though.
1: Um, but, he just didn't know really what to do yeah, at the next level.
3: He was he was a college coach being overwhelmed by the NFL, and thank God he didn't go like full Urban Meyer and
1: start kicking his guys while they were down or anything. But. It, it, literally, uh, and and by the way, for people that don't know that story, Fitty means literally kicking his guys. He kicked his special teamer in Jacksonville, saying, "Hey, make your bleeping kicks." I just wanted to clear that up for everybody. Go on.
3: And also, Walker, whenever you talk about Sam Darnold, or not, I mean, not Sam Darnold, Dan Arnold.
1: Dan Arnold, yes.
3: Dan Arnold, it's it's Carolina Panther Matt Rule era legend Dan Arnold, because mm-hmm. they were three and with him after they traded him away. They were two and twelve.
1: It was the move no one talks about enough still that affected the Carolina Panthers' future. And after they traded him, they were never able to get right again. Casey Steve wrote in, Rule out of the picture. They have one of the best off seasons in franchise history. Convenient? Legitimate? Those are the questions you that Casey Steve rule did. it out. No, you can't. You've been going with the drums a lot here lately. I love it. Timmy B wrote in. We have Dan Morgan, too. Yeah, Dan Morgan, a big part of this front office, getting that upgrade, uh, working now with an organization that he played for for so long and was so good for a long time. I also want to read some of these insults hurled my way because, well, it's fun, and I think it's funny, and even if it's at my own expense, I will give Fiddy this content to work against me. Uh, Matt in Greensboro said, if you want to bleach your hair and grow it long, you can be a real life shaggy from scooby-doo clown show i don't even know if i have to really do all of that i all i have to do is just grow out my hair as is get a little scruffy and i can look like shaggy from scooby-doo all american geologist he said walker kind of looks like the love child of coach k's grandson and bill hater <laughs> yeah interesting combination interesting combination for sure 704 loved a lee Malchione reference i thought people would like it We love random ACC legends, random athletes, period, on this show. I thought Lee Melchione would be a crowd pleaser. It's
3: a great name because he had the chance to bury Carolina in their famous rally in 05, and he missed. I believe it was a corner three as Carolina started their rally. So, great reference.
1: Yeah, it was a great reference. You know, feel free. I mean, that's a Friday topic that is brought up probably weekly. Some ACC legends, some random ones at that. So, it's all very good there. Let's go to the campus corner. Coming up next, remember Biff Pogey charlotte 49er head football coach also going to be joining us at 120 because team week we have one more day to dissect charlotte 49ers football team hunter bailey going to be hopping on with us at 220 to go over the schedule give your final predictions look at the most important conference game all that good stuff still to come on Weston walker sports radio 92 7 wfnz Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. West at the beach after a long day working ACC media days yesterday and the day before that and the day before that. Three-day event ACC kickoff was. Exciting week, though. We still have plenty of audio to comb through. I did want to get to the winners and losers and just give you an overall recap of some of the main takeaways that we had over the week. Favorite interview that you had was it Drake May getting to sit down with him alongside Kyle Bailey.
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess the Carolina boy and me, as Kyle made known to Drake, would, would probably go with Drake May as my favorite. And I, I think I said this when we were out there yesterday. Really impressed with Riley Leonard on Wednesday afternoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, Easy, uh, as much as he's a dookie and I hate everything about that program, he is an easy guy to root for.
1: I have an interesting article that was sent to me in a group chat between me and a couple of my friends. Mm. So the headline on, I believe it's today, the headline is, Subway is offering a lifetime of free subs if you change your name legally. So the first paragraph is, want free subs for life? All you have to do is legally change your name to Subway. Yep, that's all. No big deal. The popular sandwich chain is on the hunt for its biggest fan and tempting loyal customers with a lifetime of Subway deli heroes if they're willing to make a major life change. The big question is, is it worth it? Would you change your name to Subway if it meant you got free Subway for life?
3: You know, maybe if they wouldn't have quit, you know, skipping out on their toppings and their meat wouldn't have gone downhill and their bread wouldn't have gotten stale more often than not. (laughs) Maybe. Uh I'm a Jersey Mike's guy. So,
1: okay. All right. Well, that's, you know, the question that's coming up. You know the question.
3: Would I change it to Jersey Mike's
1: Marlowe? Would would you go around? (laughs) (laughs) That has a nice ring to it. It I'm not going to lie.
3: I mean, so does Subway Marlowe, though. Like, I could just say, yeah, I got that. You know, it was a nickname I got. Like, no one would ever
1: know. I mean, if if you were Jersey Mike Marlowe, I know you usually go to Jersey as an insult, especially when it comes to Willie P. Like, you joke about how he's from New Jersey, even though he's not. You joke about how Duke fans come from New Jersey. So would you be Jersey Mike if it meant you got free Jersey Mike's for the rest of your life? Because you love Jersey Mike's. I'm with you, by the way. That's my favorite sub place as well. I, yeah. oh, look at you. You're you're it's 50 50 for you right now. You could go either way.
3: I think, I think I would. Jersey Mike's is one of the the few chain restaurants or cha- chain places that I would actually consider changing my name to, to get free food for life. Yeah. Like maybe that and Bojangles, Bojangles, Marlowe.
1: Bojangles is going to work for a lot of people. Yeah, it's just a good name. Um, The thing is, yeah, Ninja Dad said I changed my name to Cookout for sure. (laughs) uh, Jersey Mike Marlowe is a great texter name. Yes, Patrick, you are spot on with that. That is a great text name. Uh, Yeah, Cookout would be a great one. Taco Walker for Taco Bell. (laughs) (laughs) Taco Mail. Taco Mail. Oh, you just came up with something. That's good. Taco mail. All right. Yes, that's it. Uh, I would love to know. Yeah, go ahead. I, I, how do I even make that a question generic enough for people to write in? Yeah. You know, what's your what fast food restaurant name would you give yourself? It could be a variation. It could be Taco Bell <laughs> instead of Taco Bell. That's so good from you. Fitty Jersey Mike. It's Jersey Mike and Taco Mel here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. A new midday show launched by our program director, Jeff Rickard, and we appreciate him for putting us on the air. Going to get my best Wes impression, even if it's a short segment. Time now for the Campus Kona. All right, we got some big news. Fiddy wanted to talk about it, so we created a segment for him. He said, look, Walker, this is something i got to get off my chest. I need to talk about Colorado moving back to the Big 12 and how it might be a sign of things to come. Give us your take, Viddy. What do you make of Colorado moving?
3: Yeah, I mean, like I was thinking about this last night, and I mean, I'm not going to say this is my sole opinion because this is something, believe it or not, Flounder and I kind of share the same belief on. The last... 10 to 15 years, the sport of college football and college basketball, they've been turned upside down because of conference realignment. And I know Colorado's also going to say, look, we're going back to the Big 12 because of the TV deal they're going to get. And they're not wrong in that regard because the Pac-12 can't get anybody, not even the CW, to air their games. So they're going back to the Big 12, which is going to get a great TV deal here in the near future. But I also feel like all these schools that left their history, their traditions of what their programs were built on for more money are going to come back to where the the, pro, the covers that they left because they're going to realize sometimes the grass isn't always greener. Like I saw Willie tweeting about this the other night about those SEC checks cash at the end of every month. So you you, you like getting the SEC bucks while your team is on SEC Network Plus getting its ass kicked every weekend? Like – I. I think there's going to become a rationale where, yes, we can make more money. But I also feel like you can also make that same amount of money if you're competing at a national level. And Colorado with Deion Sanders back in the Big 12, I I, I think it's going to be a lot easier to recruit. And I think you'll see some of these schools over time migrate back to the conferences that they left. Let's bring
1: this topic back home because we had Joe Ovius on yesterday and we were talking about the state of the ACC and then we got into a joke reference about how these aren't the drones you're looking for it felt like Jim Phillips was giving us mind tricks trying to say that the ACC was in a good place that's how fans feel, we know there is a lot of criticism for that commissioner but as I was saying that and giving the sentiment of the ACC fans Joe interrupted and said but it is in a good place which I have talked about how the CW is not a bad deal. I know people were making it out because it's weird. No doubt about it. This is the same place you tuned in to watch Dawson's Creek. And now as I stick with the joke, now you're tuning in to see Clawson's Creek. I totally get it. (laughs) I totally get the CW is not where you expected to watch your college football, but also who cares, who cares? And now as we're talking about the Magnificent Seven coming together to try to figure out how to come up with a different pay plan, we understand that the contract doesn't run out until seven years. And now you have a new TV deal. You do have Jim Phillips saying they're working on the pay distribution. So especially when you compare it to the conference out west, and you got Colorado going back and forth, Michael Scott, snip snap, snip, snap going back to the Big 12, is the ACC really in all that bad of a spot? No, it might not be the SEC, but isn't it a bad spot? To me, that's where I think probably the criticism is overblown.
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's it's not in a bad spot on the basketball court. I mean, Duke and Carolina just met in the Final Four. Miami was in the Final Four this past year. Virginia's won a national title within the last decade. So has Carolina and Duke. And as much as I love college basketball, i hate to say this, like that doesn't drive the narrative. That doesn't drive the conversation. If we get a Clemson-Florida State ACC championship game this year and Miami's 9-3, and 10-2, they're competing for a New Year's Six bowl game, Jim Phillips come back and say our conference is in a good spot.
1: It's such a good point, though, and it's so simple that Joe was making yesterday because it does simply fall on Florida State being good, a traditional powerhouse in college football, and same with Miami, even though it's been a long time, right? Like it used to be. I'm not saying it is now. Yeah. That's the very problem. But it's not – crazy to think that miami could get back to the top i just keep falling you know down the stairs with those takes everybody does with trying to see if the u was back we had one year where we flirted with that a little bit more than usual when mark Richt came over to miami and had what an 11 win season something like that And eventually, they faltered at the end of the year, and it wasn't able to be replicated after that. Then Manny Diaz comes in after having a great defensive coordinator tenure. Manny Diaz not necessarily able to get anything off the ground running. Now you have Cristobal, who's supposed to be the next savior. What do you know? Miami football doesn't live up to the hype from last year, and now we're trying to figure out if they can do it again.
3: Yeah, call me stupid, Walker. I I, know. I, I know. I know. I don't think it's this year i i think they're still a year away what what he did he was never going to take the job and say i'm going to tear everything down and rebuild because i don't think that's what he wanted to do but i think it's what he had to do if mario cristobal cannot get miami in a in in the 12-team playoff world into the playoff every other year then i think it'll be fair to say that the u is dead
1: the fact that you're even asking for another year though right like, it's not going to be this year. So that means we have to go through this again. Well,
3: because you got Clemson, you got Drake May, but this Jordan is, Travis. But think
1: about it. Think about it. Even with Clemson, I mean, Clemson is going to be there every year, though. If Clemson isn't at its most vulnerable point, uh, vulnerable point now, then when will they be? So you're going to be able to say the same thing after this next season. Well, you have Clemson, you have Florida State, especially if FSU establishes itself. And then we're going to get the reload test that I so often mention. Mm. FSU, after they lose guys this year, because they're going to lose a lot. It's They're going to lose Jared Verse. He's going to be a top five, top 10 pick. Jordan Travis could be going to the NFL then. Now you're going to have Trey Benson, who could be leaving, right? Johnny Wilson, if he has a big year. So can Florida State reload to the point where we expect them to be good? That will be their real test. But if they pass it, then... This is the time, right? This feels like the time that Miami, you wonder, and it's exactly why Josh Graham picked him. It's exactly why he is cornering the market on Miami, getting to the ACC championship game. And it's not crazy. It's not crazy, the case that he laid out. I did want to get to a couple of other texts because I asked people, would they change their name to a certain fast food restaurant if it meant that they got that fast food free for life? And there are a couple people writing in about cookout. That's fantastic. I like 704's uh, 704's take. Viva Chicken Ron. I like vi- or carburito. Never had Carburrito. Ooh, what is that? I don't know. It sounds good, though. (laughs) You're right. Uh, Yes, you you were right with your intrigue with all of that. That does sound very good. Um, People still love the name Jersey Mike Marlowe. It just rolls off the tongue. There's no doubt about it. Big Cat Dan is just having a field day with this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Big Cat Dan has given us a couple. How about Big Chick-fil-A Dan? Firehouse Marlowe. See, that actually matches your persona, too not only does it match a sub place but it matches your persona of being firehouse Marlowe. i could totally get down with that nickname i like it and then final one from big cat dan i can rock with duck donut dan or duck donut simmons also either one either one we can roll with it feel free to text in your thought on what name you would change your uh, what fast food chain you would change your name to Plenty more still to come on Weston Walker. Biff Pogey going to be joining us at 120. Hunter Bailey going to be joining us at 220. College football sound from over this past ACC kickoff event. It's coming up. Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.